You know what time it is? Time for more football reaction. That's not good. Time to hear from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I think he's a bomb. I think he's an absolute bomb. Time to crack open a high noon. This is the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Oh, yeah! From the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, here's Alex Strofe. Yeah, I'm going to need some high noons after yesterday's game, and we've been saying that a little too often this season. Welcome into the High Noon Hour, special expanded post-game day reaction all day on ESPN Madison. If you're wondering why this guy doesn't sound like Alex Strofe, it's because I'm not. My name's Jesse Nelson, and I am in today as the cousin sub of the day for Alex Strofe. He's on assignment. He'll be back next week here on the High Noon Hour. He'll be back later this week producing Rutledge and Hamilton weekdays 2-4 to here on 100.5 ESPN. Packers lose. I was there. I did not sleep during the game, so fans of Wilde and Tausch that know the story of how I fell asleep at a Packers game against Washington a couple of years ago. Fear not, I stayed awake for the entire thing, although I did hear from many people after the game that would have been a good one to fall asleep during. 27-10, the Green Bay Packers lose at Lambeau Field to the New York Jets. First time the Packers lose back-to-back games in the regular season in Matt LaFleur's head coaching tenure in Green Bay. We want your reactions at 844-770-3776. That's the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. 844-770-3776. lot to cover in the next hour here on the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN. We do have uh, Monte Ball, former Badgers Heisman Trophy running back, or Heisman finalist. He is scheduled to appear coming up at 1230 because I do think Wisconsin's loss to Michigan State is a big deal this weekend. Double overtime in East Lansing. Badgers lose. I think that was a potential statement game for the Badgers this season, and they fell, and it was ugly. I think they're having a little bit of an identity crisis at the University of Wisconsin right now. That was a disappointment. Jim Leonard's first loss as the interim head coach. We'll get Monte Ball's thoughts, have a little conversation on the Badgers. Plus, his Broncos are on Monday Night Football tonight. No! More Broncos in prime time. Uh, Monte Ball, scheduled to appear at 1230. We will hear a little bit from uh, Jason Wildy and Aaron Rodgers exchanging a Q&A yesterday in the Packers uh, post-game press conference availability. Uh, I thought it was very insightful stuff. We got the Wildy sigh, the classic. <sighs> Aaron, tell me about this. Can't wait to get to that. So that's coming up all in a little bit. Hunter Vaughn is our producer. It's the high noon hour. My name's Jesse Nelson. In for Alex Strofe. Let's get to our first three things. These are the first three things. First things first. First thing, Matt LaFleur said it yesterday, that game just sucked. I was there in the stands. Nobody was happy about how that performance went, including the head coach. That, that's about as frustrating as a game as I've ever been a part of in terms from an offensive perspective and trying to get something going and you can't and you're looking for answers and uh, it's like, all right, let's try running the ball. Well, and then you're getting, you know, a yard or two or going backwards. Yeah, they went backwards yesterday. Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I think the Green Bay Packers have an identity crisis right now on offense. 
They don't know if they should be relying on their Hall of Fame four-time MVP quarterback to be slinging the pill and throwing guys open or if they should be following the scheme of the genius head coach, pound and pound run first offense, if they should be relying on time of possession to control ball games, if they should be airing it out to try and put points on the board, or should they be relying on their defense to be on the field in clutch situations. We talked about all these things in the offseason, and it seems like nobody has any answers yet, and I'm starting to get worried. We're six games into the season now. We knew there was going to be some growing pains this season. We knew that they were going to have a little bit of trouble out of the gate from when Aaron Rodgers talked during, well, not mini camps, he wasn't there, but during training camp about the young wide receivers and how it was going to take a little bit of time and Alan Lazard developing as the number one. Alan Lazard's not a number one. He doesn't feel like a number one. You see him make a big play yesterday? I didn't. Robert Tunyon had 10 catches yesterday. Is that the team you want to be? You want to go like 49er style? Use Aaron Jones like Debo Samuel? Use Tunyon like Kittle? Maybe that would work. But if I don't know it, and you hear Matt LaFleur saying he doesn't know it, then who knows it? That's the issue right now. That was a lost football team yesterday. And I don't know if it was coming back from London and being on kind of a short week with jet lag setting in. I don't know if they just overlooked the Jets and already started looking to next week in Washington. Take for granted it's the only noon kickoff at Lambeau Field this year. Just felt like a lost football team yesterday. Matt LaFleur frustrated. Everybody else frustrated, too. That leads us to the second thing. The second thing. The second thing is Aaron Rodgers knowing that not only is there a lack of an identity, but there's a lack of consistency, which is preventing the team from being able to find out what its identity is. Let's hear from Aaron Rodgers on the inconsistency on the offense. Very inconsistent, and that's why I think we need to simplify things because on the couple drives we did move the ball, it was very simple things, very simple plays, uh, no motion. So we need to look at everything and and – and the guys that we got and what we can accomplish with them and and let's you know let's be smart about moving forward nobody works harder than Matt on the plan each week and nobody comes with better ideas than him and his staff um, but if it's not working um, it's not because those guys aren't grinding it's because we're not executing and uh, if we think we have the right players then we need to simplify things if you don't then that's a whole other conversation That's quarterback Aaron Rodgers. It's the second thing. This is the high noon hour, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. So what is he actually saying there? Is he saying that the scheme needs to be simplified? Because we heard that. We're going to hear more of it in full, the interaction between Aaron Rodgers and Jason Wildey yesterday following the game about the simplification of the offense. Well, if you're not going to simplify things, then he's saying that it could be a personnel thing. Well, we just saw... Moments ago, breaking news from the NFL, Robbie Anderson, wide receiver of the Carolina Panthers, a player that the Packers have zeroed in on in the past as someone they'd be interested in adding to their team, he was just traded to the Arizona Cardinals. So you don't have that move, you don't have anyone else coming in, and something tells me that Brian Gutekunst isn't going to try to bring anyone else in. Not OBJ, not DJ Moore, nobody. What they have is what they have. Tausch likes to quote Hoosiers. My team is on the floor. 
It's not a very good team right now. They're kind of playing with three or four guys, it feels like, at times against good defenses. The team is on the floor, and the offense is inconsistent right now. This all plays together with the identity crisis situation. When you don't have an identity, you don't know what you should get to when times get tough. When times get tough, you don't know who you should be looking for, and suddenly Bob Tunyon has 10 catches, and you have 10 points. It's part of the problem for the Green Bay Packers right now. Let's get to the third thing. The final thing. That was fun. That's the magic number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Big voice guy can sing. I didn't know that. Sauce Gardner of the New York Jets. He wore a cheese head that Alan Lazard had to come bump off his noggin on his way off the field yesterday. Gosh, Jets fans insufferable, by the way. Do you know how many times I heard that yesterday? I was at the game. You know how many times I heard that? I heard the first one at 8.38 in the morning at the first bar we went to to pregame. Some guy that looked like he was out all night, never went home to his hotel, sitting in a booth at the bar, just 8.38 in the morning. People are still walking in, getting going. This hasn't even, like, they're still setting up the bar. It's J-E-T-S. Oh, my God. Jets fans. I'm glad they only come here once every eight years. There are a lot of them. Sauce Gardner, he, they, they, there was some sauce going on in the Jets' locker room. No doubt about it this week. Coach Robert Sala had them fired up. And whether this was you know, truthful motivation or not, we debated that on Wilde and Tausch a little bit earlier today. Find the podcast on Wisconsin On Demand. This was the motivation that worked from head coach Robert Sala to the New York Jets. They chose us, you know, um... When you go play foot, when you go play in London, London, you can pick if you want your bye week right after, or you can pick, you know, what team you want to play. And they picked play, they picked us, so you know they thought they was gonna get the same old Jets, but you know we came out there today and dominated. Dominated. He's right. Sauce Gardner after the game, twenty-seven to ten, the Jets beat the Green Bay Packers. I wondered this when the schedule came out. The New York Jets were the team. That was slated to be at Lambeau Field. Now, the Packers did not pick. We make sure we clarified this earlier today. The Packers did not pick that they got to play the Jets the week after the London game. When the schedule came out, it could have been random. This could have been the Vikings. This could have been McCarthy and the Cowboys. Could have been the Eagles. They knew it would be a home game. I said McCarthy and the Eagles. I meant McCarthy and the Cowboys. That's what I'm saying. It could not have been the Eagles uh, because that's a road game this year. But... Point being, any of the home teams that were scheduled to come to Lambeau this year, it could have been any of those teams. So no one knew it was going to be the Jets. The Packers did not say, we don't want the bye, like Hasselbeck. We want the ball and we're going to score. They didn't say, we want the game and we want the Jets. That is not what transpired. But when the schedule came out, and if you made me pick as a Packers fan, which team coming to Lambeau this year would you want to play in the game following the London game? It would have been the Jets. Maybe the Bears. It would have been the Jets. Noon kickoff scared me a little bit because I thought it could be a potential trap game, even though Aaron Rodgers said those don't exist. Liar. They do. They happened yesterday. Unless, of course, the team just isn't that good, which is why we ask on the panic meter at 844-770-3776. My name's Jesse Nelson. In for Alex Strofe on the high noon hour on 100.5 ESPN. The producer of our show is Hunter Vaughn. And despite Hunter's Chicago Blackhawks fandom, as he wears his Chicago Blackhawks shirt, do they have a game today, Hunter? Is that why you're wearing they that? They got their first win over the weekend, and it's going to be one of a very few. So I'm proud I'm going to wear a Blackhawks shirt. 
Can't you know what? I go from Jets fans at Lambeau yesterday to walking in here to, to, to the Blackhawks. I can't stand Chicago teams in general, but the Blackhawks are up there. Hunter, you are not a Packers fan. You are a Dallas Cowboys fan. So I'm sorry for your loss last night. We're in the same boat today. Yeah, but the Cowboys lost with a third string quarterback who finally looked like a backup. And this was I I knew this was coming at some point. Cooper Rush was never going to win them a game. He just didn't lose them four games this year. A third-string quarterback who finally looked like a backup. Uh, that happened yesterday for the Packers, too. Jordan Love came in the game. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, that was he's, – he's not very good. Like, Jordan, no. I don't think Jordan Love's it. I'm, I'm not here to break down Jordan Love today, though. I, I, I Honestly, I was walking out of the stadium when Jordan Love was in the game, so I just heard from Wayne Larravee that Love was in the game. I was like, oh, that's nice. Good 20, for him. 27 to 10. Hunter, your main takeaway from the Packers' 27-10 loss to the Jets yesterday was? The run defense finally showed what it is. We were worried about it after the Bears. We were worried about it last week, even, and it showed up again. The run defense got worn down late in the game, and then Brees Hall breaks off a 34-yard touchdown run. Great for the fantasy team for Jesse Nelson. Bad for the Green Bay Packers, I'd agree. I feel like we already knew what a little bit of the run defense. You know, ident- if you want an identity of the Green Bay Packers, the run defense is a pretty strong identity. That's been the only consistent thing that we've seen in all six games this year. They do not defend the run well. Yeah, I just think it was one of those where, like, you know, you and I talked about it in the office after the Bears game of, like, you know, I'm kind of worried about that run defense. And you kind of wrote it off as a, well, you know, it was late. They were up. They were just playing kind of a shell defense. And then it felt like maybe a little bit of the same thing in the second half against the Giants. But the Jets were just running whenever they wanted to at will all game and wore down this defense. 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Taking your texts here on the high noon hour on 100.5 ESPN. Got one from Jared in Lodi. My biggest concern is a lack of identity as an offense or a defense. Well said, Jared. I agree. Our roster suggests we are built to run the ball, but is our quarterback unwilling to commit to that? The defense is trying something new every week. Still hasn't found a recipe to make plays consistently. Jared in Lodi on the old National Bank talking text line. A lack of identity gets you in trouble. If you don't know what your brand is, if you don't know what you're good at, you're going to struggle to find success. That's true in business. That's true in media. That's true in school. And it's true for the Green Bay Packers after six games, three and three on the season. Continue to send in your text on the old National Bank talking text line, 844-770-3776, including this one. What is Jesse's problem with the Blackhawks? Glad you asked, 608 number. Because they kept an NHL team from coming to Wisconsin. It's the only Chicago team that we can have a vehement reason to truly hate them because they have deprived us as Wisconsin sports fans of having another professional team in our state. If you're a Blackhawks fan, it's like you're just giving up and you're just saying, oh, well, you're the, you're the big business that just says, no, fine, I'll cheer for you. Shame on you. 844-770-3776. I was told the high noon hour is for Packers and Badgers conversation, not for Blackhawks conversation, and now we've dedicated a third of our opening segment to talking Blackhawks hockey. I'd like to remind you, you brought it up. I didn't bring up the Blackhawks. I was just going to wear my shirt and let it go. You brought it up. 
you couldn't help yourself. 844-770-3776. Continue to share your thoughts on what concerns you most about the Green Bay Packers. We will continue to review your responses, and we will revisit what Jason Wilde asked Aaron Rodgers after the game yesterday. Let me break it down for you, Jay. That's what the quarterback said. Can't wait to do that next on the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN. More football reactions, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. The High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jesse Nelson in for Alex Strofe today. 844-770-3776 it is the number to get to the show. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. I've got a, a text here from JJ and Poinette. Hunter Vaughn, our producer too, by the way. JJ and Poinette. Panic meter about a 6 out of 10. That's low compared to where I expected most Packers fans to be today. And quite frankly, from producing and listening to all three hours of Wilde and Tausch this morning, I feel like most Packers fans are above a 6 out of 10 unless you had low expectations coming into the year. JJ goes on to say, I would have been okay with 3-3 three and three before the season started, but the way they've gotten there is concerning. It's from JJ and Poinet, great fan of the High Noon Hour here with Alex Strofe. Strofe will be back next Monday for you, JJ. Only have to put up with me for one week. Hunter Vaughn regularly produces this show. Hunter, what do you think of JJ's assessment there? Six out of ten on the panic meter. Where are you? I would put this probably pushing an eight with this team because of what JJ said. You go in, you look at the schedule, three and three back in July. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's. I can see how that would happen with this team, but I think there's so much more context to records in the NFL because you can be a 4-2 and two team and you're playing just absolute dog water of a schedule and it doesn't really mean anything. Where a team that's 3-3 three and three and maybe they've played a lot of good teams, then you're like, oh, okay, once they actually play some bad teams, that record's going to shoot up. Sure. Where the Packers, ooh, 3-3 three and three and the way that they got there is not good. Tucker in Wausau on the old National Bank talking text line. Thanks for tuning in from Wausau, Tucker. Biggest concern, the upcoming schedule and how it's breaking down, which might make adjustments and turning things around tough. Let's play the schedule game. Here it is. They play at Washington next week on Extra Rest. The Commanders coming off of their Thursday night game. At Buffalo, Bills coming off their bye. At Detroit, who has a home game the week before. Comfy in their beds like Aaron Rodgers likes to be. Home off of Dallas, who's coming off of their bye. The Thursday game against Tennessee, both teams will be on short rest. Tucker says if they can be 3-2 and two out of that, it would be amazing. Well, when you put it like that, I mean, just look at those games coming up. I Here's the thing about the identity of the Green Bay Packers that bothers me most. And I talked in, the, in our opening segment about how I think the lack of identity is what's going to cost this team moving forward. They don't know if they want to go run heavy or defense heavy or if they want to air it out with the MVP quarterback. What's wrong with the identity crisis is now I can't trust that they're going to beat anybody besides the Chicago Bears. I can't say that as a three-point favorite going to Washington this week that they're going to light up the commanders. I can't say that 
They are for sure going to beat the Dallas Cowboys, who will have Dak Prescott likely healthy by the time they come to Lambeau Field in Mike McCarthy's revenge game. I can't say they're going to go to Detroit and win. Detroit's an up-and-down inconsistent team, just like the Packers are, quite frankly. I can't say they're going to beat the Vikings at Lambeau Field. I can't say they're going to beat the Tennessee Titans, who have looked average this season. Right now, because the Packers were touchdown favorites against both of the New York teams, and they were also heavy favorites against New England and had to go to every final second of overtime to beat Bailey Zappi, who came in as a third-string quarterback. If Zappi knew he was going to be starting that game, if the Patriots had a week to prepare, they probably would have beat the Packers two weeks ago at Lambeau Field. They had a whole plan with Brian Hoyer coming in, and he only lasted a quarter, and then Zappi had to come in. If they didn't have to go to Zappi, who's to say the Packers aren't 2-4 and four right now? I cannot comfortably say that the Green Bay Packers can beat anybody right now besides the Chicago Bears because they are bad. Do you think that the Packers just need to say, you know what, we are going to be this, and we're just going to try and make it work, whether it's air it out with Aaron Rodgers and make him fit, like figure it out with these receivers or be a power run team and it's going to have those growing pains, but I feel like they're trying to be a little bit of everything with that identity issue. Just pick one and just do it at this point and just go into it and lean into it. They won't, though. They're not. They're, they don't know what their strength is. It should be the running backs. All of us fans have said, look at your running backs. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur have said we need to run the ball more. Well, they didn't run the ball effectively yesterday, and they tried. And then A.J. Dillon fumbled, and then he was on the, the, the list, and then Aaron Jones couldn't really get anything going except for one run of, I think, like 12 or 14 yards was as long in the second half. Like They couldn't establish the run. They don't know how to play to their strengths because they don't know what they are right now. That's the biggest problem facing the Green Bay Packers, and they're running out of time to figure it out. I didn't think it would look like this. I knew there would be growing pains. I knew that that might not be great in these first two months of the NFL season. But all in all, in the end, I thought the Green Bay Packers would win the NFC North. I didn't care if they had the first round, but I didn't care if they had home field advantage. Just get in the dance, win the division, get a home game, and play on, and hopefully they go win a Super Bowl. Regular season was supposed to be irrelevant this year. They have made the regular season relevant because of how bad these first six weeks have looked outside of the Bears game. 844-770-3776, your chance to get in on the old National Bank Talk and text line. want to play this for you before we get to Monte Ball coming up in just a few minutes to talk a little Badgers. This was the exchange yesterday. Aaron Rodgers at the podium, Jason Wildy of Wildy and Tausch asking a question and then a follow-up as to what the heck is going on with the offense right now and how do you fix it. So, Aaron, simplification notwithstanding, just your execution, whether it's protection, whether it's how you're playing, whether it's how routes are being run, it's been a while since I've seen you guys not look like you really knew who you were and what you wanted to do. How do you view how your offense is playing right now? Very inconsistent. And that's why I think we need to simplify things because on the couple drives we did move the ball, it was very simple things, very simple plays, uh, no motion. So we need to look at everything and, and, and the guys that we got and what we can accomplish with them and, and let's, you know, let's be smart about moving forward. Nobody works harder than Matt on the plan each week and nobody comes with better ideas than him and his staff. Um, but if it's not working, um, it's not because those guys aren't grinding. It's because we're not executing, and 
if we think we have the right players, then we need to simplify things. If you don't, then that's a whole other conversation. So do you think, but you knew, you had a pretty good idea coming in the season, right? Devontae's gone, you've got young guys in the interior of the line, like, I guess I'm confused. Did you guys not, did you think you could be more complicated and run this scheme the way you've run it the last two years when you've been so great and now you're realizing you can't or did you overestimate what you, I guess I'm just confused how now, now it's, oh, we need to simplify but you kind of knew the core. Let me explain it to you, Jay. It's not now. It's always been like this. It's always been when we struggle, we're doing too much. So whether it's with Devontae Adams out there, we're no Devontae Adams. When we get into problems is when we uh, maybe try and do too much. So there's multiple times. But in the past, based on the personnel or the way we were playing, we could get through that and win some of those games. So. This is not a new thing that I'm, I'm saying here. This has been a part of every season, even in 2019. You know, it wasn't like we were gangbusters to start the season. Um, but there were times where we needed to just rein it in a little bit. Let's just simplify some things. Make sure our guys are, uh, you know, getting playing with more confidence. Um, that to be said, the standard is the standard. And the plays that we had in were easily you know, understood and executable. So this is not an attack on the on the staff at all, because they put in a plan that can win football games. But the execution, when it looks like that, you know, it's not good enough. So we do probably need to rein in a little bit. But like I said, this has happened in 19 and 20 and 21, all the same. It's just different personnel, different years, different uh, momentums, different energy. Aaron Rodgers and Jason Wilde yesterday following the Packers' 27-10 loss to the New York Jets at Lambeau Field. It's the high noon hour. My name's Jesse Nelson, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app at Wisconsin On Demand. couple of takeaways from that. When we hear about simplifying the offense, doesn't it start with Aaron Rodgers simplifying the offense? And maybe it starts with Matt LaFleur drawing the plays up. But Aaron Rodgers is the guy who in this system has can plays where you can run this or you can run that or you can check at the line of scrimmage into different options. If that's the case, then just run what your coach is telling you to run. Trust his system. Don't trust yourself. Trust the system in this case because you are playing with players who aren't as capable as Devontae Adams, aren't as capable as Odell Beckham Jr. in his prime, aren't as capable as Jordy Nelson, a guy you trusted, Randall Cobb 10 years ago. You don't have those guys catching passes from you right now. So if Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon aren't going to be the weapons that you think that they potentially could be out of the backfield or you need to utilize them a certain way or you need to save them for the second half of the season, whatever the case may be, then just follow the system. Start there. Simplify it by not changing everything. Don't have someone present you a draft and then say, well, we're going to do this, except we're going to do it this and this and this and this and this. And then everybody else has to do the right thing. That's why you get overthrows. That's why you get players not in the right spots in certain situations. That's where you get miscommunications and fumbles. Don't do it. Just play a simpler game at your position, and maybe it will be simpler for everyone else. Maybe Aaron Rodgers came to that understanding yesterday. I mean, that, that three minutes of commentary, simplifying the offense, got to dumb it down. 
I'm not so sure that they actually had to do that in 1920 and 21. Like, I'm sure he he believes that they had to do that. It doesn't feel like what it feels like right now. Hunter Vaughn is our producer. Am I wrong in my assessment there saying that I don't think that they need to dumb things down for everybody? I think starting with the quarterback who has the ball on every single play on offense seems like a good place to start. Yeah, and the one thing you said was the idea of the can plays and checking out of things. That's something that Chris Orr on Wisconsin College Game Day said that they have Graham Mertz doing at the college level. I don't think that's the issue. I think it's, okay, we're going to attack this certain way when you're seeing the corner doing this. I think it's those things within the route combinations for guys like Romeo Dobbs and Juwan Winfrey who they can't handle doing that yet. So you need to just say, okay, we're going to go to this play. This is your route because, like you said then, it's on Matt LaFleur to call the right play with the right route combination instead of maybe asking these receivers to make good reads on defensive backs when they're not used to doing that. Guy from Staten Island, quick text here before we get to Monte Ball, talk a little Badgers coming up with this next. Guy from Staten Island, 844-770-3776. I hate to say I'm a shareholder, and I think the problem lies as we don't have an owner. Gosh, and they start 3-3, three and three and we want to change the entire business model of the Green Bay Packers. We have the CEO again. It's not the owner. A lot of poor decisions will be made. Please, I'm going to the game next week, four-hour drive to D.C., <laughs> living in New York. These two weeks are killing me. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine being a Packers fan in New York? With those two teams being as good as hot starts as they are. They're not good teams, right? The Jets, don't let the record fool you. The Jets didn't look like a good football team yesterday. The Giants didn't look like a good football team the week before either. They've been winning games, but it's been pretty fluky. I think you're going to see those two teams come back to earth in the next six weeks. I think the difference is those are two teams that know who they are. Very and true. We the Packers don't know who they are. That's what we've been talking about. The Jets about. know they want to run the football. The Giants know they want to run it with Saquon Barkley, but also they can rely on Daniel Jones to extend plays. The Packers don't know what they're doing right now. And you hear it from Matt LaFleur, and you hear it from Aaron Rodgers, and you hear it from other players. Like They don't know who they are. They have lost their identity. That's a problem. Another team that's lost their identity, the Wisconsin Badgers. They lost their identity and a double overtime game over the weekend to Michigan State. We're going to talk with former Heisman Trophy finalist Monte Ball, get his assessment of the state of the Badgers after a loss to Michigan State. That's next on the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN. You're listening to the High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Join the show on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 844-770-3776. Without Alex Strofe on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. My name's Jesse Delson, in for Strofe. 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank talking text line. Continuing to review your biggest concerns about the Green Bay Packers following the 27-10 loss to the New York Jets yesterday. We'll get back to some of those in just a little bit. But first, there's another loss that we got to talk about in Wisconsin sports this weekend. 
The Badgers fall in double overtime at Michigan State 28-21. And who better to break it down than former Badgers Heisman Trophy finalist running back Monte Ball joins us now on the high noon hour. Monte, great to catch up with you again. Uh, Why do they keep putting your Denver Broncos on in prime time? We got to watch another one on Monday Night Football tonight. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? Oh, my goodness. Jesse, what's up, man? I, I don't know what's happening. I, I, I know right now the state of Wisconsin, in regards to football right now, it seems to be a bit of a struggle. Um, I tried to catch a little bit of the Packers, but I'm over here in Colorado struggling watching the Broncos right now. I don't know what's going on, but but, I'm, but, I, but I, want, I want to get into this Badgers talk, man. Let's, 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 let's jump right into this. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think this was a huge opportunity for Wisconsin over the weekend, and I think it was overlooked by a lot of fans with the firing of Paul Christ and the win at Northwestern and Jim Leonard. Like, I felt like there was still something here with the Big Ten West being what it is, with Illinois and Purdue tied at the top of the Big Ten West standings, that Wisconsin, even in a year with this much turmoil, still could have contended for a chance to play in a Big Ten championship game had they not fallen apart against Michigan State. What was your assessment watching the Badgers and the Spartans on Saturday afternoon? I tell you what, man, before before we just immediately dive into the negatives, I will say, and I believe a lot of people can agree with this, if uh, even though the team lost, they still seemed like a different team in a good way. It seemed like there was more urgency and I know some folks on online were disagreeing saying no look the same but I, I, the way that I was watching it it seemed like there was more urgency more excitement uh, more diverse play calling I strongly believe that if two weeks prior to this Michigan State game two weeks ago three weeks ago if that team would have showed up and played in East Lansing I think it would have been an, a, a there would not have been an opportunity to go in overtime I think we would have lost that game flying, flying colors um but I think that this team just looked a little bit more excited, more thrilled, more firepower, although we still fell short. That's the positive. Now for the negative. I, so, Monte, uh, I'd agree with you in the first half. I, yeah, I'd agree yeah, with no. you in the first half. It almost <laughs> felt like watching the Packers every game this year where they couldn't put two halves of football together. Like, first half, I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, great. Here come the Badgers. We're, we're doing this again. And then the second half happens, and it's like, okay, suddenly we're losing in the fourth quarter of the yeah. game that felt like we were in control of throughout the entire thing. What happened? Uh, it, it, it got a little flat, of course. But, again, I think if we sit back and look at what we as fans have been dealing with, watching the Badgers and stuff like that, we can take a lot of positives from that first half. We really can, moving forward to the games we've got remaining on the schedule, and obviously next year. This is going to be a rebuilding year. If we put everything we, – we, we can't ignore the fact, right, that this team lost their head coach. We can't ignore the fact that this team is losing players and this is to the transfer portal. So there's so much going on where they still had an opportunity to beat an, an okay football team in a hostile environment. But – for the negatives, it's still very frustrating to see this team fall short. It's still very frustrating, obviously, to see these players leaving, to see all of this stuff that's going on. And I just, uh, you know, I have many people reaching out to me, messaging me, saying what needs to happen, and I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think we just have to ride this out. This is going to be a brutal year. It is. It already has felt like that, and there's, we're only halfway through, Monte. We still got, still got five know, games man. to go. 
I'm trying to stay positive here, man. I'm trying not to be so <laughs> negative because one thing, remember, I kept harping on it, right, where it's I just want to see these guys have fun. I saw that in the first half. And Michigan State's not an easy place to play. First off, I think that's the same end zone in almost the same location where the Hail Mary happened, so I can't stand that end zone. I can't mm-hmm. stand that field. <laughs> but that's not an easy place to play. And these are young guys who are still developing their skills, their talent, et cetera. And for them to still go out in there and make it a close game, I still think we can take a lot from that. I really believe that. Monte Ball joining us on the high noon hour. My name's Jesse Nelson. In for Alex, drove Hunter Vaughn, our producer behind the glass. 844-770-3776, the number to get into the show on the old National Bank talk and text line. Monte, uh, so now what? what's the adjusted message for a goal for this season from Jim Leonard or whomever in leadership? Graham Mertz, maybe? When you're in the locker room and now, okay, another loss, uh, West Division title definitely seems unlikely. I guess it's not impossible if you beat Purdue this week, but it's unlikely with Illinois being on the – Illinois is going to win the West. Are you kidding me? Uh, like, what is going on? It's like a world is upside down in the Big Ten West. Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin are at the bottom. Nebraska's in the middle. Illinois and Purdue are competing for a title. The world is upside down in the Big Ten West. <laughs> Uh, what's the adjusted message now? And Tausch said earlier today on Wildey and Tausch, like, just get to a bowl game. Try to get a bowl win. What What would you say is the adjusted goal for a team that came in with high expectations to start the year? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I want to start off with I have yet to to speak out about the firing of Coach Christ. Um, it, I I, th- I think Jim Jim Rutledge, you know, he tweeted something out, which I think speaks to it in a, in a great way right where it's coach chris is an amazing human being and has done phenomenal things for wisconsin football the entire program he has um so it's sad to see that the decision was made but it most likely needed to happen um but it's still very sad still very sad i love coach chris um whatever i struggled a little bit he was one of the coaches one of the four that reached, personally reached out to me, called me in, and spoke with me. And that's something that I'll never forget. And obviously never forget that he was the OC and helped me develop my game. Now, with that said, I think for this team, they have to focus on that this is a building year. We're building. We're building. Yes, let's get to a bowl game. That's obviously the goal. But we are building right now. Let's not focus on the 90th to 95th floor. Let's focus on this foundation. That part will come next year. The foundation is what we need to focus on now. We have to focus on rebuilding because we can't – right now, we, we can't have Illinois at the top. We can't have the Purdue's, the minute We can't do this stuff. We have to stay this Wisconsin football program and still fear and opponents when they come into Camp Randall, which I believe that we're not doing right now, and just focus on who we are. Rebuild that image. I think this is the time to do it. So if I'm Graham Mertz – if I'm any other leader on this team, that's what I'm harping. That's what I'm focusing on. That's what I'm sharing with the guys, and I'm going to make sure I get it done. That's what they need to do. How do you sell that to older players that may not be here for the completion? Absolutely. Great. Great question. I think it's more so if you're forever going to be an alumni, right? You're forever going to – your heart is always going to bleed. Badger colors, always. I mean, I watch every single game. A lot of the guys who played with me still watch every single game. We talk about it. So in some way, we still, we're still involved, and we want to see this team win. So if you're a guy on your way out of the door, right, 
about to leave Wisconsin, you still want for these guys to continue to produce. You still want the bragging rights, right? You still want to go to games and feel like you are investing into uh, an exciting game. Going to watch an exciting performance. Going to watch guys who really want to put it all out there. And so, if I'm a senior right now on my way out, I'm telling these guys to continue the work, continue rebuilding this foundation because I want to keep watching a darn good Wisconsin football team. That's not who they are now, but they can get there. Monte Ball joining us on the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN. Monte, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me here this afternoon. Always appreciate hearing your insight. Thanks for sharing your message on uh, on Paul Christ. I really appreciate you sharing everything that you just did. Of course. And you know what's going to happen. They're going to beat Purdue this week, and then our hopes are going to be just a little bit higher. Well, they could still win the Big Ten West, <laughs> and then it, like Nebraska or someone's going to end up ruining it later. It's We know how this script's going to play out, right? They're going to beat Purdue this week. Homecoming. Yes, it is gonna happen <laughs> absolutely i'm still rooting for the guys and, and again i think there's still a lot of positives we can take from that game but but we know what type of year this is so since we do know what type of year this is then let's let's capitalize on that rebuild period almost as if having an identity to your team helps exactly. huh? that's what we've been saying exactly. all show monte thanks so much appreciate the time yes sir thank you for having me that's Monte Ball, former Badgers Heisman Trophy finalist and Denver Broncos running back, joining us on the high noon hour here on 100.5 ESPN. Uh, do want to remind you that Sonny with a chance to win $20,000. Still going strong. High noon seltzers are made with real vodka, real juice, and sparkling water. 13 flavors and now... Available in tailgate and variety 8 or 12 packs. This fall, for a limited time at participating locations around Madison, scan the QR code at point of purchase for your chance to win $20,000 instantly. Just go pick up some high noons at these locations that I'm about to read you. If you hear one that's close to you, I want you to say woo with me. Okay. State Street Brats, Whiskey Jacks, any high V location, the Red Zone Madison, Chasers 2.0, The W, Nell's Liquor, Piggly Wiggly in Wanakee, and Lucky's 1313 Brew Pub. Any of your favorites on there, Hunter? You get a woo! The Piggly Wiggly in Wanakee is probably the closest for me. There you go. It's closest to you. There it is. See, he played along. Hope you did at home as well. Scan the QR code at point of purchase for your chance to win $20,000 instantly. That's right, a chance to win $20,000 when you pick up some High Noon seltzers at any of those participating locations. Courtesy of High Noon, must be 21 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. We'll go some quick hits around the National Football League from Hunter Vaughn to wrap up this edition of the High Noon Hour next on 100.5 ESPN. More football reactions, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. I get The Packers lack an identity. That's our big takeaway from the loss to the Jets. 27-10 yesterday at Lambeau Field. The Wisconsin Badgers have an identity, according to former Badgers Heisman Trophy finalist running back Monte Ball. It's a rebuilding identity, which I'm not sure is the identity you want to have, but at least they know what they're trying to do the rest of the season. Thanks again to Monte Ball joining me, Jesse Nelson. I'm in for Alex Strofe here on the high noon hour on 100.5 ESPN. Hunter Vaughn is our producer. We're out of time for an expanded three-hour edition of Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Molly Brown in today for the Hambone. Let's go ahead and do some NFL quick hits. 
Who stood out? How about Mr. Miyagi coming up talking to me? Who stunk it up? What is that smell? Let's go around the league. This is Quick Hits. First down. Starting with the Packer game, Sauce Gardner wore a cheese head around the stadium after the win. And then there was also during the game, I don't know if you saw this, Jesse, the Jets had a Lambo leap. So I want to know what's more disrespectful, cheese head after a win or performing a Lambo leap? Uh, the cheese head after the win, no doubt, because he definitely like claimed that from somebody. Either a fan gave it to him or he like took it from somebody, borrowed it, and he just taunted that around. Like That's not something I think we've ever seen a player do at Lambeau Field before. The Jumping into the stand, I remember Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, I don't know what he was going by at the time. He, I believe, jumped into the stands as a member of the Bengals one year. We've seen that one before. And I have no problem with the Lambo leap because it was into a, a group of Jets fans. The Jets fans, I'm telling you, Hunter, they took over a lot of Green Bay yesterday. They were there in abundance. You just couldn't tell because it's a very similar shade of green that many of them were wearing. There were a lot of Jets fans at Lambeau Field yesterday. If you are a Jets player that wants to go jump into a, a, a group of Jets fans and do a Lambeau leap and you're welcomed with open arms, nothing wrong with that. That means your fans traveled well. They paid some extra bucks to go ahead and sit near the field so you can jump into the stands. I have no problem with that one. The cheesehead, incredibly disrespectful Sauce Gardner. Second down. You mentioned fans traveling well. I think I have a way to get fans to travel well for Thursday night football, and this even fixes the Super Bowl as well. So the NFL, I found this one on TikTok, and it was a couple of people that brought this up. You add an extra bye week into the season, so you get a bye week before the Thursday night game, and then you extend that season the extra week for everybody that then pushes the Super Bowl to the Sunday of President's Day so then everybody gets the Monday off. So you get the three-day weekend with the Super Bowl and teams are better rested and better prepared for Thursday night football. Who gets off for President's Day? Well, it is a federal holiday, so then we can just kind of all agree, okay, it's a no. full holiday. No, no. Get to the next one. No one takes President's Day off. Like the postman. Okay. Mail delivery people. You get to enjoy the Super Bowl better than everyone else then. Nicely done. But then it gives them extra reason for all the other businesses too. You're just a party pooper. No one's taking President's Day off. We don't need President's Day off. We need Election Day off. We don't need President's Day off. We offer the inauguration. Third down. Is the NFC North the weakest division? Yes. And I'm, the NFC South is the only one that gives it a run for its money, but I still think the Buccaneers will ultimately be a good team at the end of the year, and I think either the Saints or the Falcons are going to find a little bit of an identity themselves and make it interesting. Like It's the Packers or the Vikings, and then it's, it's nobody, and I don't think the if you add up one and two at the top and compare them, the NFC North might be the very weakest division in all of football, for sure in the NFC. So yes, the NFC North stinks. Right Fourth now. down. Should we lock it in right now? Eagles, Bills, Super Bowl? No, the Eagles are phonies. I watched that game last night. The Eagles are not very good. They're, they, the Eagles are not going to be a Super Bowl contending team. They have a lot of skilled players, but they're going to run to, into a defensive scheme. Someone's going to figure out the Eagles a bit later in the year. They added new players this year. They added a new dimension to some things. Like They are... 
tough to read right now around the league. The Eagles are going to get figured out. Mark my words. I would say uh, the Bills you could probably start to lock in. Eagles, not a chance. That's it for the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN. My name's Jesse Nelson. Alex Strofe will be back next week. Special coverage continues on a reaction Monday to the Packers' 27-10 loss to the New York Jets at Lambeau Field. Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Molly Brown stepping in next on 100.5 ESPN.